First Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 8. Oh, we write, we said a reading from verse 6 yesterday. Maybe let's start from there. First Corinthians 2 verse 6. How be it we speak wisdom or Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I had not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. But God... Praise God. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. Come on, praise God. God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Next verse. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Next verse. Now we have received. Come on, amen. I like that. Now we have received. Not the spirit of the world but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Come on, praise God. Is it we receive the Spirit that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. That means the Holy Spirit came and he has a ministry to reveal to us the things that are freely given to us of God. Next verse. Which things also we speak. Now, I want you to observe a principle here. Which things also we speak. That means the Holy Spirit reveals to us these things, then we speak these things. Come on, amen. He reveals to us these things, then we speak these things. You know, yesterday we were looking at Daniel, and Daniel in his prayer to God, he said, Oh God, it is wisdom and might belong to you. Then later Daniel said, you have given me wisdom and might. So he didn't just say, 
God, wisdom and might belong to you, he also started speaking the wisdom of God. He says, wisdom and might you have given to me. That means he was saying that I'm in possession of the wisdom of God. I'm in possession of the might of God. Paul, writing in this scripture, get that scripture back up. Now go back. It says, which things also we speak, then he says, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth. So we speak the things that the Spirit reveals to us in a language that the Spirit communicates. Come on, amen. It says, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. Lift your hands up. Say, the Holy Spirit is my teacher. Praise God. You know, he is your teacher. He says, get the scripture back up. He says, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. Then he says, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Uh, this same verse 12, go back to verse 12. We'll read from the NIV version 12 into 13. NIV. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. You know, King James says, which is, but NIV says, who is, letting you know that the Holy Spirit is a person, you know, who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. Next verse. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom. That means these words will not be taught in any university in the world. You know, you won't get it from um, scientific findings. You won't get it from any philosophical class. These words, the Holy Ghost teaches these words. It says, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truth in spiritual words. Expressing spiritual truth in spiritual words. Um, verse 13 now, um, let me look at it from the Amplified Version. We are setting these truths forth in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Holy Spirit. Words taught by the Holy Spirit. Then he says, look at this, combining and interpreting spiritual truths with spiritual language to those who possess the Holy Spirit. Isn't this wonderful? It says, we are expressing spiritual truth, interpreting spiritual truths with spiritual language to those who possess the Holy Spirit. Passion Translation, verse 13. And we articulate these realities with the words imparted to us by the, by the Spirit, not with the words taught by human wisdom, we join together spirit-revealed truths with spirit-revealed words. Come on, amen. amen. Now, the Holy Spirit is the biggest thing in, you know, I, 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 in my mind, I want to say the Holy Spirit is the biggest thing in Christ, yet he is Christ. 
you know. Uh, but I, I'm just trying to let you understand that being born again is a means to an end. Jesus didn't come to die for the sins of the world. That's not why he came. He came to establish the kingdom of God. But for you to live in that kingdom and express and experience life in that kingdom, you must of necessity become a new creature. So the new creation or the new birth is only a prerequisite, a necessary prerequisite for the greater part of salvation to happen. And the greater part of salvation is Christ in you, is being filled with the Spirit. You know, he, his desire had always been that his abode be with man. You know, that's always been his desire. To fellowship with man. Second oh, Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. Second Corinthians 13, 14. Look at this. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Now, I want you to observe this. It says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that no man, he says, the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus. He says, no man has seen the Father at any time, but he says, the one who came from the bosom of the Father, he had revealed him to us. So we see that grace, Jesus brought grace. He brought grace. Then he says, the love of God. It's not Jesus who loved us and gave himself for us. Jesus is the expression of God's love. It is the Father who has always loved us. You know, Jesus is the manifestation of the love of God. He is the manifestation of the love of God. But I want you to observe something. It says, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Today, God the Father is in heaven. He's never left heaven, not for a minute. In fact, he's never even been seen by anybody in heaven. God the Father is not just invincible or invisible. God the Father is unseeable. I don't know if you got what I just said now. No angel has ever seen God the Father. 
Because the Bible calls him the unseeable God. That's what the scripture says. It says that he dwells in unapproachable light. How many of you have ever seen the sun? How many of you have ever seen the sun? Put your hand up. You've ever seen the sun? Some of you are confused now. You're wondering where is pastor going with this question? Put your hand up. You've ever seen the sun? What does it look like? It looks white. It looks bright. How did you see it? You saw it up there, right? It's, it's round, right? If, I'm to, if you are to draw it, just draw one circle. You've never seen the sun. What you saw is the appearance of the sun from here on earth. And the one you saw, the one you saw, the light you saw, left years ago. Ah, come on, this simple geography. It's simple geography. It left, that sun, it left years ago before it got to you. The sun is a planet. It doesn't look the way you drew it. The issue is that the sun is unapproachable. If you start going to the sun, by the time you are light years away from the sun, you have become part of it. Who understand what I mean by that? You can't approach him. You can't approach the sun. God is the son of righteousness. Listen, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't see him. He's unseeable. The father, read the scriptures. He's there. You've never seen him. When you get to heaven, we won't find three thrones. It's just one throne you'll find. Until Jesus, nobody ever saw God. Not even the angels. They never saw him. It's in the scriptures. He's unseeable. What did they see? His glory. They saw his glory just the same way you've been seeing the glory of the sun. You know? So if we tell you to draw a sun, you just draw something that can, that can fit in a paper. But you just needed to do some study to know that that's not the sun. Did you hear what I just said now? Yeah. Bible says that no man had ever seen him at any time. But the one who came from the bosom of the Father, he had revealed him to us. He had revealed him to, to us. So Jesus is the word of God made flesh. God with a form. God with a form. That is why in the Old Testament, before the form of God was revealed, before the form of God was revealed, which is Jesus, God warned the children of Israel. He says, don't represent me with any image. Is it because I didn't show you any form? Who understands that? He says, don't carve a stone, don't carve a wood, don't carve nothing. Because I didn't show you a form. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Hebrews 1, verse 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, verse 2, 
had in these last days spoken unto us by his son. Take note of this. Whom he had appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Verse 3. Now, I'll read the King James, then you give me the Amplified. Who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Amplified. He is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being, the outrain or radiance of the divine. He is the perfect imprint and the very image of God's nature, upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. It says, when he had by offering himself accomplished our cleansing of sins and readings of guilt, he sat down at the right hand of the divine majesty on high. Now remember, when the scripture talks about right hand, it's not referring to right hand side. It's referring to the place of authority. Come on, amen. That means Jesus, when he had fulfilled all the obligations to get our righteousness and purge our sins, he was not worthy to be enthroned on that seat. So suddenly, he was the one sitting on that seat. And now angels can look and they will see the expression of the Father. Come on, amen. The Holy Spirit, the Bible shows us, proceeds from the Father. Jesus said that he will send the Holy Spirit. And he said something very profound. He said, it is to your advantage that I go. Is it because if I do not go, the Holy Spirit will not come. That, that means he was saying that, okay, I came to do some things. I'll die, I'll be buried, I'll be raised, but that's not the complete work. You know, he says, I, I will not just stay here. I, I need to go because when I go, I will send. Then he, he, he called him, he says, the promise of the Father. Observe this, the promise of the Father. He called the Holy Spirit the promise of the Father. It's amazing salvation is not the promise of the Father. You know, it's amazing that the, the Holy Spirit is referred to as the promise of the Father. That means salvation was the prerequisite to qualify us to receive the promise. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter preached, the Bible says when he preached, he says their hearts were pricked. They were pricked in their hearts. Then they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said, he said, all you need to do is to repent. That means have a, a, a rethink, a different way of viewing. Then he said to them, if you do this, then he says, you will be qualified. You will receive the promise. You will receive the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. If this is it, how come... Sometimes when you go out, it's like you're going out and you, you think your goal is to bring salvation to them. 
The goal is to bring the spirit into them. There is no authentic Christianity without the Holy Ghost. There is no authentic Christianity without the Holy Spirit. There is no authentic Christianity without the Holy Spirit. I mean, you've said that before. You've heard that before. Maybe through the scriptures, we'll gain an understanding of it. You know, you'll gain an understanding of it. This was so important that after he died, he was risen. His final words to them, his final words to them. Let's look at um, Acts chapter 1. Let's read from verse 5. You know, remember, he had died. He had risen. The first ascension had happened. That means he had presented the body. He has presented um, his blood, and his blood had been accepted in heaven. But, but he said to them, verse 5. Uh, okay, back up to verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that should, they should not depart from. Look, look at this. He commanded them. He told them, don't depart from Jerusalem. It's like, it's like you're about to, you, you are in the manufacturing, um, maybe you, you're manufacturing a product and you are the QC um, quality control manager and you're, you're, telling, you're telling people, don't release this product until this happens. Let this thing remain in the warehouse. There's just one more thing. Who is here now? There's just one more thing. It says, do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. Wait for the promise of the Father. Which, which said he, ye have heard of me. Next. Look at that. For John truly baptized with water. Then he says, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Come on, did you get that? You know, not many days hence. John baptized with water. But ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Now, the baptism of the Holy Ghost is the born-again experience. You know, because look at it, he says, John truly baptized with water. But ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. What happened in Acts chapter 2 was that the disciples received the two blessings at the same time. They were born again and filled with the Spirit at the same time. You know, they were born again and filled with the Spirit at the same time. But it's good for us to understand what God's, um, what his dream is, what he really wants. Because a lot of times, we think that, oh, praise God, I'm saved. Praise God, I'm saved. Praise God, I'm saved. It's like, hmm, thank God I built this house. Oh, thank God I built this house. You didn't build the house to build the house. You built the house to live in it. The big part of Christianity is the animation of Christ in your mother body. I hope, you, I hope you go what I just said. You know? The, the big part is not, praise God, I'm saved. No, no. 
No wonder Paul prayed for the church. He says that Christ may dwell in you. I pray that Christ will settle, leave. Another translation says that he will unpack, that he will unpack. Christ will dwell in your heart by faith, by faith. Get that scripture back up. John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Next. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Jerusalem? Now, they were asking him of the restoration of the kingdom to Israel. You know, these men were Jews. Then Jesus told them not to think about that. This is not what we started. What we, what we just started now is what Daniel prophesied about. You know, that, that stone that came out of heaven without a hand. You know, he said it has started. All right, next verse. Oh, nice. He says, and he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the season which the Father had put in his own power. Then look at what he tells them. He says, this is what you should focus on. This is the focus now. This is the agenda now. He says, but ye shall receive power. Take note of this. Ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. I, I want you to observe the confidence that Jesus had in this experience. Keep that scripture up. He had such confidence. First he says, don't go anywhere. He says, wait. Then he says, not many days hence, you'll be baptized, you, you'll receive the promise of the Father. So he told them what they, what they were waiting for. He said, what they were waiting for was the promise of the Father. Then he said to them, you will receive power after. That means whatever this experience was, it's going to do something to you. And the word he used power there is dunamis. Dynamic ability to cause changes. That's what he said. He says you will receive dynamic ability to cause changes. He says you have a dynamo installed within you. Who is here with me? He said just get ready. Thank God for all that has happened, but wait for the dynamo. Wait for the dynamo. He says, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, then he says, then just immediately, he just said, and ye shall be witnesses. He has such confidence in this, that this thing, when it happens to you, you will become a witness. You will become a witness. Now, listen. These men he was speaking with, they had been with him three and a half years. They saw him heal the sick. They saw him raise the dead. They saw him cast out devils. And Jesus knew it was not enough. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. He knew human experience was not enough. He taught them. They took notes. They took notes. And these, some of them went with him. They saw him on the mount. They saw him transform 
before them but in the midst of challenge what happened you know when Jesus told him when Jesus told Peter Peter you will deny me before the cock crows twice you will deny me three times Peter said how because Peter trusted in everything he had been through you know what we've been through I've been with you for three and a half years I left everything now I'm denying you at this time never human energy human loyalty human love has expired it you know you know some people some people think they are Christians but they're not really living through Christ they're not living, really living the Christian life they're only living by their self will they're living by the discipline they got from home. When the trouble comes, all those things will crash. All those things will fail. So Peter knew that there was a trouble that could come and he would deny Christ. He knew there was something that could hit them and all of them would be running to hide. So Jesus said, hey, calm down. Calm down. He said, wait. There's something you did not have before that you are going to receive. Who is here with me? He said, hold on. He said, hold on. He said, hold on. And he says, this will make you a witness. Who, who, who is a witness? Let me explain what a, who a witness is. Okay. I say, I say, come. I say, oh, well, this thing happened. So we're arguing. It happened then we need somebody that will come and agree with him who understands what I'm saying come now who will come and agree so he comes in and now he's taking his life his integrity his person to say the way he said it that is the way it is so if this guy goes down he goes down who understands what I'm saying so he is saying that there is a power that will come to you there is an ability that will come when you receive this person that will make you a proof producer. You will produce enough proof to state that this is the way it is. Who is here? Thank you. That means Christianity is witnessing. Christianity is a witness and it is only by the Spirit. It is only by the Spirit. Come on, praise God. The Bible says, by what?